Good afternoon. We're here from Partick Free Church of Scotland, continuing with a local congregation and with a, a group of local Christians who are coming out this afternoon seeking to bring the good news of the Christian gospel to you as you move around Buchanan Street in the city centre of Glasgow. We're glad you're able to join with us and we do hope that as individuals will offer you a, a gospel track that you will be prepared to take it and maybe you cannot read it at the moment but we ask that when you get home or when you get out of quiet time that you might be able to have a read of that gospel tract because friends it's just simply a gospel message from the Word of God from the Bible and it's apt and appropriate and fit for today we know that many people uh, discount the Bible and dismiss it and very often they dismiss it without even having given it any kind of examination at all but we would urge you friends to take up your Bibles and read your Bibles because in the Bible you have God's inspired Word you have his complete revelation to mankind and in the Word of God you have all that God wants to tell you about himself about life here on earth how to please God and ultimately how to be found with him in eternity and as we have said we're here from Partick Free Church of Scotland continuing a local congregation we meet at two Thornwood Terrace Upton Barton Road you'll come to the police station and opposite the police station you'll see our building you'll see our building up on the hill next door to Thornwood Primary School and we meet at two Thornwood Terrace we meet on the Lord's Day that Sunday that's the first day of the week despite what many of your calendars will depict Sunday is the first day of the week and we meet on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and we also have an early evening meeting at 6 p.m. and we give you a warm welcome to attend any of these services we also have a, a midweek meeting when we meet on Wednesday evening at 7.30 and again we would extend uh, a warm and sincere welcome to you to attend any of these services but as we said we're here from Partick and we want to bring you something from uh, God's Word that's relevant to us uh, in the 21st century in the 21st century as we're here in the city center of Glasgow what can the Bible say to us today then in this 21st century a technological world what can the Bible say to us well the Bible can speak to us about the hot topics of today I wonder what is one of the most hot topics that we find in the world today well I put it to you friends that one of the hot topics that's dominating the, the media and the agenda today is what is called climate change and indeed this has been 
prominent in our culture, in the media, for some time now. And we might wonder, has the Bible anything to say about the weather, about climate change, about the environment? Well, you might be surprised, but I'm certainly not surprised that the Bible does have something to say concerning the environment and concerning weather and what is called today so-called climate change. The Bible does have something to say and that's not surprising. Why? Well, it's not surprising because God is the creator of heaven and the earth. In the first verse of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, what does the Bible teach us? What does it say? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And therefore, He is the creator of everything. Everything on this earth, everything in this universe, He is the one who has created everything. And therefore, if He is the one who has created everything, He surely has created the weather. And this is true. And when God created everything, the climate, the weather, was absolutely perfect. At the end of the six days of creation, God looked upon his creation. And what did he say? He said it is good. No, he said more than that. He said it was very good. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So God is the creator. And when he created the heaven and the earth, he also created the weather. And his verdict upon the weather was that it was very good. Now, things have changed, we know. What happened? Well, Adam and Eve are first parents. They were created in the image of God and knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. And for a time, they lived in harmony and in fellowship and communion and peace with their God. But that did not last. It did not last because what happened? The evil one tempted our first parents. First, he tempted Eve and she succumbed to the temptation. And then Eve gave the forbidden fruit to Adam and he succumbed to the temptation also. And from that moment in time, their relationship with God changed. Once it was pure, once it was perfect, once it was peaceful, but when sin entered in, that relationship was broken. But, but more than that happened. More than that happened. We read in the Bible, that there were certain effects that fell upon the creation 
because of mankind's sin. And in verse 17 of Genesis chapter 3, God says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And these verses are telling us that because Adam and Eve sinned, God put a curse upon his perfect environment. And therefore, from that time, the environment changed. And it was changed by God as a result of mankind's sin. And this has always been the pattern. A few hundred years after Adam and Eve, what happened? God sent a flood upon the earth. Why did he send a flood upon the earth? Well, God saw that the wickedness of man was great upon the earth and that every imagination of his thoughts was only evil continually. And therefore God saw how wicked mankind had become. And he did something about it. He sent a flood. And God sent a flood upon the world and only eight persons were saved. Noah, his wife, their three sons, and their three wives. They were put in the ark and they were saved. The flood came, torrential rain, night and day for 40 days. The whole of the world was flooded. There was a flood that covered the whole of the world and all mankind perished apart from those who were in the, the ark. And then after the flood receded, when the waters left the earth, the environment changed as a result. And we now have the environment that we have today. And God has always affected the environment and the weather as a result of mankind's sin. You could think of Sodom and Gomorrah. You could think of what happened there. God rained upon them fire from heaven. And their land was destroyed. And therefore we are to realize that God is the one who is in control of our environment and of our weather. We know that today we live in a time and a day when many people are very fearful of what is called climate change. Well, we do believe the environment is changing. But the environment has always been changing within certain parameters. And we don't believe there is a need to worry about this matter because ultimately God is the one who has the weather in his control. Oh, no, 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 sir, that's not true. Can you prove what you said, sir? Because the Bible will tell, will hold up to what I'm saying. And God gave Noah a promise in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. 
That's a promise that God gave to Noah after the flood. And that promise has been maintained for thousands and thousands of years. And friends, we believe that promise will continue to be kept. God is a man who, God is a God who keeps his word. Not one word of the Lord shall fall to the ground. And he has given this promise. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, shall not cease. And you know that that promise has been fulfilled even to this day. And therefore, when people are telling us that if we don't change our CO2 emissions, we have to dismiss their claims because they do not match up to what we find in the Word of God. And the Word of God must always be our, our rule book. It must always be what we take our, our theology and our teaching from. It is from the Word of God. And therefore, we do not believe that people should be inordinately worried about the environment. God is the one who is in control of the environment. And he will bring to pass what he intends to bring to pass. And as I said earlier, when I began, we talked about how the earth was perfect. And then after the fall, after mankind sinned, God put a curse upon the environment. Well, friends, the day will come when that curse shall be removed. It will come. The Bible talks of a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Yeah, God is going to change things. There's going to be a dramatic change. I mentioned to you about the worldwide cataclysmic flood that came upon the ancient world and destroyed all life apart from the eight that were in the ark well God is going to destroy this present world yes you might think that's strange maybe you've never heard that before but that is what is going to happen we find it in 2nd Peter chapter 3 but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire, shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat what's he talking about he's talking about that day friends when Jesus Christ shall return and he shall bring about a new heaven and a new earth this old, this old earth shall be burned up and from it he will make a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness and therefore today we're surrounded by people warning us about global warming 
Was it not someone yesterday who said it's not so much global warming, but we've got to worry about global boiling? Well, friends, we will dismiss these things because we believe in Almighty God. We believe in the Creator of heaven and earth, the one who has created the weather, the one who is in control of the weather, the one who alone has given this promise to mankind, the promise that has been kept while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter shall not cease. And therefore, you're not to worry about the environment. Instead, you are to have a healthy fear and reverence and regard for Almighty God. He is the one who has made heaven and earth. He is the one who is in, in charge of all elements in the weather. He is the one who controls the climate. You know, maybe there are some people here today who are not as old as I am. But I can remember 50 years ago, the BBC were telling us we were heading for an ice age. They had on their Radio Times a front page colour picture depicting the earth being frozen. And now they're trying to preach to us that we're in the midst of global warming, even global boiling. Friends, we are surrounded by people and organizations who wish us to be in constant fear. The only fear you need, friends, is the fear of God. When you fear Him, you won't fear anything else. And the fear we're talking about is the fear whereby you reverence Him, whereby you adore Him, whereby you recognize Him to be Almighty God, the one who has made heaven and earth, the one who has made you, the one who has created you. You are made in the image of God. And therefore, this tells you that you are valuable. You know, many people today think there's no purpose in life. This is the common philosophy that we find being taught in our schools and in our universities and it's all the result of evolution and it will teach us that there's no value in life life is just a chance we're just here by chance well if that's true then there is no point in life I'll tell you the story but I'll tell you there is point in life how do we know we know because we're made in the image of God. And we're made for a purpose. What is our purpose, you might ask? What is the purpose of life? I wonder if you go to school or if you go to college or if you go to university, will your teachers or your professors be able to tell you what is the purpose of life? Well, the Bible tells us the purpose of life is to enjoy God forever. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That's the purpose of life. That's why we are here. Now, how can we possibly achieve this? Well, by nature, we cannot. We cannot. Why? 
because by nature we are separated and we are estranged from God. By nature we are the enemies of God. We don't have the relationship that we should have with Almighty God. Why not? Because of sin. If you go back again to Genesis and you know much of our teaching is taken from Genesis. Why? Because there we have the beginnings. We have the beginning of the, the world, the beginning of the universe, the beginning of the human race. And there we go to the beginnings to find out the meanings and the teachings that make things relevant to us. And there, way back in the beginning when God created Adam and Eve, He created them perfectly. God created man, male and female, after his own image, in knowledge, righteousness and holiness, with, domin with dominion over the creatures. That's what the Bible would teach us regarding where we have come from. We haven't come from the apes. We haven't come from nothing. We have come from God, by his creative purpose, he has made us, and He has made us in order that we might enjoy Him. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Now, how can we possibly do that? Well, we cannot do it by our natural states. Why not? Because we are sinners. And this is something we don't like to be reminded about, but we must be. We'll never understand the Bible. We'll never understand what God is seeking to do unless we recognize that we're sinners. You see, God is a holy God. Absolutely holy, pure and upright. The Bible describes Him like this. Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil and canst not look upon iniquity. God is absolutely pure, holy, and undefiled. We're not. We're sinners. We're sinners by nature. And we are sinners by practice. How did this come about? Well, it came about when our first parents sinned. They listened to the evil one. And ever since that time, sin entered into mankind's experience. And therefore the relationship that they had with their Creator was broken. It was severed. But you know, God has done something about it. We've all come from Adam and Eve. They are our first parents. And we've all come from them. And because we have come from them, we have inherited their sinful nature. And therefore we're born in sin. We cannot escape it. When we come out of the womb, we have a sinful nature. Even in the womb, we have a sinful nature. And when we come out, that sinful nature manifests itself in sinful actions in sinful words and sinful thoughts. The resurrection, what did the resurrection do? 
What did it do? Yeah, what did the resurrection do? It brought the Lord Jesus Christ yeah, but to us. Also, the resurrection, what did it do? It took humanity, it took human nature. Christ took human nature upon himself, and what did he do? He, he didn't do that at the resurrection. When he went down to ah, the Hades, oh, hold on. Did he, he do? didn't do that at the resurrection. Oh, no. no, no, he didn't do that at the resurrection. He, he took do? human nature when he was conceived. Yeah, when he was conceived. But in the resurrection, what did he do? He went down to Hades, he preached the gospel. He didn't old. preach the gospel in Hades, oh, mate. No, brother, no. You need the full. The full oh, you the need the full. I'm not Orthodox Christian. Two thousand years. Uh, he didn't. He years. didn't go to Hades. Oh. He suffered the pains of hell, but he didn't go to hell. No way. No, no. This is not hell. He went yeah, down to just, the hell. Like he went down to Hades and he preached the gospel. Uh, no. He, he preached the gospel in Hades. No, no, he yeah, didn't. Have you ever listened to PB Longway? Nope, never heard of him. Nah, you should listen to him. Maybe I should. Just because you understand everything about the, what he's saying. PB Longway, uh, purpose. See if you write it down. I mean, if you don't want to. I, I'm not writing things down at the PB moment. PB Longway, purpose. Uh, Oh, okay, cotton, Xanax, bars. Well, Jesus Christ is God. Yes, that's true. Okay. No questions about that. No questions. The brethren there were trying to tell me that Jesus went to hell and preached the gospel. No, no. He didn't. He suffered the pains of hell. That's true. There on Calvary's tree, he suffered the pains of hell. And he suffered the pains of hell in the room and place of his people. And the wonder and the glory and the majesty of the Christian gospel is that if we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, we will not be condemned. We will not suffer. That's the gospel. That's the wonder of the Christian gospel that Jesus Christ has suffered and died in the room and in the place of sinners and He undertook their punishment, the punishment that was due unto them. He undertook it there on Calvary's tree. That's the glory of the Christian gospel. Friends, the Son of God suffered in the room and in the place of sinners. And here's the message for sinners today. The sinners on Buchanan Street today. That if you will put your faith and your hope and your trust upon Jesus Christ, He will save you. Why? Because he's died in your room and place. And because God is just, he cannot punish a person twice. If Christ has paid the price of your sins, then you yourself cannot be condemned. God is a God of justice. And he will accept someone else dying in our room and in our place. This, friends, is the glory and the wonder of the Christian gospel. And is it any wonder then that we come out in the street with it in order to tell you about this? How that sinners can be reconciled to God through believing upon Jesus Christ? What's so special about Jesus Christ? Well, He is the Son of God. God always had a Son. Jesus never became his son. He was always his son. And therefore, the son of God is, is God. And he became the son of man. In order that he might come to this world and live a perfect life. A life that you and I could never do. 
Here was the Son of God. He took upon himself our form and our nature. He became just like us. He did this in order that he would be able to live in this world. And he lived a perfect life. And because he lived a perfect life, he's able then at the end of his life to offer up a perfect sacrifice. A sacrifice that satisfied the just demands of God's holy and inflexible law. And this is relevant to us all, friends. Why so? Because we're all sinners. Yeah, we don't like to hear this. And in fact, maybe you go to a Christian place of worship and you might never hear this. But we need to hear it because it is the truth. We need to hear that in the sight of God, which, which matters. It matters little about what the judge in the court will say to you. It matters little about what your neighbors will say about you. But one day you'll stand before Almighty God. And if we don't have a Savior, we will be condemned. Because by nature we are sinners. The Bible does not flatter us. It tells us our true condition. It tells us. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one, the Bible says. None whatsoever. And that's why we need a Savior. And the Bible tells us that God has provided a Savior. That in itself should amaze us. It should cause us to stop and to think. We are the ones who have offended God. We have sinned against Him. But He's the one who has provided a way whereby we might be reconciled to Him. Does that not sound amazing to you? If you think of a human relationship, if there's a dispute between a father and a son, and let's just say for illustration purposes, let's just assume that it is the son who is at fault. I was speaking to this guy, he won't even speak to me. You believe in Christ, right? You believe in the resurrection, right? Of course. Right, you believe in that Father, uh, you believe in that the Lord Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man, of right? Of course. You're not an Aryan. No. Right, okay. This man won't speak to me because he said I smelled like alcohol. Yeah. God will judge him, right, on the day of judgment. What was the first thing All I said? wanted to say is, right. He said you weren't a Christian. He said I wasn't a Christian. I didn't even get to speak to him. He was walking yeah. away from me. All I want to say to because you is, bro, based on how it's what looks. makes me not a Christian and what makes you a Christian, bro. I, I didn't say you weren't a Christian. Yeah, no, you didn't no, say that. He's asking I'm sorry, a, a Father. Th a theoretical question. I'm not a father, by the way. Yeah, no, you know, you know. I'm a minister. You know, I'm okay. a, I'm right. a, I'm an old school Christian. But what I want to say is, right? Okay, you guys believe in Christ. I believe in Christ, right? Yeah. Right. We all you believe that we'll be judged on the day of judgment, right? Yeah. We all believe we'll be before the Father, right? We'll be before Christ. Yeah, His great white Christ. Okay. Great white throne. Before Christ. Yeah. You know, we all know it. We all read yeah. the Bible. Yeah. Right. The only question I wanted to ask is, I'm very curious about what you believe, about one simple thing, right? And that simple thing is, when we when we go before Jesus, right, we'll be judged. What is it he's going to be judging us on? 
What do you believe that Jesus will judge us on on the day of judgment? Well, he says we will all um, stand before the great white throne. Yes, we'll stand before the great white throne. Aye. And we'll give account of the things yeah, done in the body, the whether done. good or bad. So, the, the Christian will be judged according to his works. According to his, according to his what? His work, works. Yeah. According to his works. According to his works in accordance with his faith. Well, according to his works as a Christian. Yeah, as, his, he, as part of his faith as a Christian. Yeah. The words of faith. Faith leads to works. Of course. Of course. We can't have works without faith. No. A Muslim is not going to go into heaven unless God, unless God permits him. We don't know what God permits. We don't know. If he doesn't believe in Jesus, he'll never we, get into heaven. I get you, but we, so, I'm just meaning the thief on the cross, you know. Yeah. If he believes in Jesus, the thief on the cross believed in Jesus. Yes. He recognized Jesus, so he'll be in heaven. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, Jesus told him, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. You know the Bible better than me. Well, maybe not. Uh, you're Presbyterian, so I know you do. Yeah. I need myself yeah. a Bible. Anyway, I don't have one. Anyway, you, do, you, you don't have one. Keep no, preaching. Seriously. I really want to read Which one? one? I'll get you a King James. Do you I have any Bibles, guys? I can, I can give you one to now if you want to. Is that really? coming to church on Sunday with us? Have you got a Bible? Please give him a Bible. Wait, please. Have you got Psalms? Has he got Psalms? Uh, I'm not certain about that. Uh, New Testament and Psalms, maybe. I've, I've, uh, I'm not going to lie, I've led a lot of people to the faith. Arena, what? What? Yeah, you know that one. It hasn't got the metrical sounds, but it's... Hey, keep up the good work, man. Okay, we'll do. Spread okay. the gospel. Every blessing, boys. Yeah, every blessing. Will you stand over there, there? Uh, Will you over there, there? Uh, Apologies for my little, my little, I was, right. I was thrown a little bit, but thank you very much. Okay, every blessing. I'm just, yeah, thank you very much. Okay. okay. Yeah, God bless. Thank God you. Bless, bro. See you.